This is episode number 48 of Hebrews in Exile with Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And as promised, we'll continue our discussion about the mitzvot so you have a good foundation about how important they are to the Most High. So without further ado, Hebrews in Exile, you know what we do. Let's go! Rabbi Robert B. Homer Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews in Exile. You know, in our last podcast, we started talking about these, the mitzvot. Yes. And I think we set a pretty good foundation for moving forward and mm -hmm. understanding that we're trying our best to get our people, Hebrews, to understand the narrative of the confliction. Being conflicted between the Christian, I can't even call it a theology, <laughs> ide ideology, and the theology of the Most High, which is most critical. And we have already separated the idea that the things of the Most High can't be done away with. No, they can't. The Most High is pretty much established in Scripture that, hey, this is, these are my... But see, that's a whole entire... You already got me... Getting ready to wave my hands well, come on, all over the place. Wave, wave, wave your hand, bro. Come on. <laughs> wave your hand. It's okay. Wave your hand like it's, you just don't care. It's 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 one of these things where when you you don't even look at Scripture the same once you come into an understanding about what the Most High is trying to do for His people. It, it you you totally look at it like listen these you look at it again. These are the statutes. This is a lifestyle. This is something that we always need to make our home base. Um, it's not a spiritualized thing. It's something where, uh, just like we live in the United States and westernized culture, whether you be in the UK or whether you be in Canada or wherever you are, there are certain rules and laws and statutes and regulations that are there, and you abide by those. It's a part of your lifestyle. Right. And you look at those that way. You would never go to... Uh, say, for instance, you're driving down the street in your Lamborghini that you just bought like three weeks ago. No, I can't. I can't. I can't have a Lamborghini because then our listeners would think I'm like those other guys out there. I'm taking the people's money and I'm all blinged up in a Lamborghini. I don't have a Lamborghini. He's just fooling with yeah. you. <laughs> so you're in your car and you're going down the street and you are clearly breaking the guidelines we call speed limits yeah. here. Yeah. And an officer pulls you over and under good pretenses and says you've been speeding and you are just, you, why are you pulling me over? These, have, I'm not under your law. Oh, really? 
You're not. You're not under the guidelines of the United States. Yes, you are because you live here. Right. And we need to look at that that way and say, as long as we are under the guise of the Most High, we call ourselves being the children of the Most High, the wife of the Most High, and we are a community of people. We have a way that that community functions. And we, we are trying to teach the functionality of that community. It's not something that's spiritualized, like I'm going to use, pull this text out, and this is how you're going to get an extra thousand dollars in the bank next week. We don't do no, that. No, we don't do that. So it's, it's, it's getting back to this idea, which what I'm opening with, which is an understanding that your mind totally changes when the most, when you get back into scripture, it's more of these are the regulations that I must abide by to be a part of the community of the Most High, which parallel a lot of the things that you're already doing. Right. Under right. the guise of, which it makes sense, because where do you think the United States got half their laws that they abide by now? Hmm. They talk about that Judeo-Christian, hmm, hmm. yeah, you got your laws based on the text so it's not, that's again, I'm already off and running. That's why Moshe is sitting there telling you what it's in thy mouth. It's in your heart because you're already doing it already. Right. That's why the mitzvot are not hard. You just got to make a couple of adjustments, which first and foremost, probably the biggest one is the Shabbat. Right. Right. Other than that, if you can conquer the Shabbat, I'm going to ask you that. If you had to give an assessment, I'm off and running. You, this is not where we want no, no, to no, no, go. No, 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 We're okay. We're okay. Come on, come on, come on. That's, so, that's, that's what we do. So if we there was a, a mitzvot that you would say is a, a pivotal one, somebody's on the fence. Hebrews, in exile, wherever you are, four corners of the world, Africa, Asia, Australia, wherever you are, Europe, if you conquer, if you get this concept of this mitzvot, which one would it be for you? The pivotal mitzvot for the transition back to the Most High takes us back to Bereshit chapter number two. Two, okay. The Most High said when he finished all he was doing, it was on the seventh day mm -hmm. that he rested. So he mentions the most pivotal aspect that we need to transition back to, which is his Shabbat, the Sabbath. The Sabbath Agreed. is the key that unlocks all of the, it, it, it unlocks everything, it starts to unlock everything that we as Hebrew people need to gravitate to and understand. It's, it's, it's the light switch. Right. Yeah. It's that transition period that you actually come into understanding that, hey, you know what? It's it's that I don't want to use this term because it's wrong and people are going to be like, oh, but whatever. I, I, it's kind of like that gateway drug for you. It's it's your pathway back to the most high because yeah. really everything that, you know, your lifestyle is set up around. Oh, boy, it's set up around the Shabbat as it is right, already. Right. Here, here, take a look. If, if you don't believe me, it's subtle. See, it's these subtleties that we talk about. Yeah. Take a look at your Gregorian calendar. 
And when you look at the Gregorian calendar, and what I mean by your calendar, I'm talking about your calendar that's on your your phone, the calendar that's at the job, the calendar that's in at at, Yo, at, your, at wherever your, wherever it is wherever you if 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 you are getting ready for 2022, you're acquiring a Gregorian calendar, right? And those are based on, like we had mentioned before, half of those months are named after pagans. But the point I want to get to is that even when you look at the Gregorian calendar, it's set up for the Shabbat. But we don't think that way. How do I know that? Because when I look at the calendar, the first day on the calendar is Sunday. And I hate using that term, but it is Sunday. It goes from left to right. The last day on the calendar, when you physically look at it, is the seventh day. The seventh day, which is the Shabbat. But you don't look at it that way. You base it on the first day of the work week. So the first day of the work week is Monday. So you ultimately say my seventh day is Sunday. You don't even think when you even look. That's all I'm trying to get at is even it's in your face and it's subtle. Because if the first day of the week was, or at least the seventh day was Sunday, then how come your Gregorian calendar, when you look at it, physically look at it, go to Office Max, go to Staples, go get a calendar. When you physically look at it, the first day of the week is Sunday. Sunday. It is not Monday. Just like when we talk about our years. Our years don't start in January, which is a Greek term for the word Janus, which is this Greek god that had two faces. One looked to the past year and the one looked to the year coming. That's why they call it January because it's based on this Greek god named Janus. Okay? So, when you look at the, even the calendar, the calendar is based on the, 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 the Roman civil year starting in what we call January. But the Most High in his mitzvot that supposedly have been done away doesn't establish the beginning of the Hebrew year in January. It's no. in Aviv. It's in the spring. That's what Aviv means. It means spring. That doesn't come around until our April... Latter part of April. Yeah, March, somewhere in March, there. March, April. Yeah, somewhere in there. But I, I digress. It's just that subtly that we talked about all the time that, you know, it it's... It's just a way of changing the way you think. And like you had mentioned, that Shabbat is the key. Because once key. you get yeah. there, it's, yeah. the rest of it just starts coming. Now, there's something very interesting that comes into play. And one of the things that comes into play are these words. Remember the Torah of Mashe, mm -hmm. my servant. That's what the Most High says. Mm -hmm. Remember the Torah of Mashe, yeah. my servant. And he's speaking to he's speaking to his people. And and I, and, and, and you know, I have to I have to continue to remind you all. We welcome the nations. We welcome the nations. The Most High welcomes the nations. But Hebrew Israel has got to be the first nation of people in exile to get on board. Yeah. You got to have a leader. 
You got to have somebody to lead the way, you know. And so, um, one of the things that we get to here, oh, see, see, it, well. yeah, it's running crazy. I want that one. <laughs> yeah, I want that one. There we go. It's a good one. Very good one. So he told us, remember the Torah of Mashe, my servant, okay? So Mashe was the greatest prophet that the Most High speaks about. Hands down. Now, I, I hate to keep bashing the guy across the street. Somebody asked me when I started teaching mm. about whether or not Jesus Christ was God and we figured out that he's not. Then they asked me, well, is he a prophet? And I said, if he was, he wasn't a good one. No, because he really doesn't follow that criteria. And there's no criteria in scripture or Hebrew where the Most High says that anybody greater than Mashe is the greatest prophet that he ever had an opportunity to work with. Second to that, second to that is King David. So you have two people. Mm -hmm. Your guy across the street isn't mentioned. As a matter of fact, (laughs) your guy across the street is not even mentioned in Hebrew scripture. However, Mm -hmm. I have to point out that there is a gentleman in 1 Chronicles whose name happens to be Yeshua. Okay. But it ain't the guy across the street. Ain't, ain't him. Ain't him. Now, the second thing that we need to understand about the mitzvot and Torah, and I explained in the prior cast the definitions that apply to these precepts, laws, rules and statutes. I I explained that in the prior cast. Mm. Listen to what King David has to say. He says, how blessed are those who reject the advice of the wicked. Now, 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 uh oh, because you're going to hear something. Okay. Don't stand on the way of sinners or sit where scoffers sit. Their delight is in Yahweh's Torah. Now, listen to what the text says. Mm-hmm. The text says that those who reject the advice of the wicked. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Lock it. Um, those who don't follow Torah is this text, and I'm not, I'm not trying to add anything to it. Okay, but <laughs> he's kind of saying here that those that don't delight in Torah in the Yahweh's Torah, he classifies them as being wicked. Am I? Am I? No, uh, no, uh, no, am, no. Am I? No, we, we, we're we we're going to quote another Kohanim that quotes us that says, we're just reading what's there. 
I mean, I don't think you're in, you're interpreting it incorrectly. Okay. Now, <laughs> not that you would. I mean. On his Torah, they meditate day and night. Mm -hmm. Now, we sing a song, plant it like a tree by the rivers of water. Mm -hmm. I shall not, I shall not be moved mm -hmm. like a tree planted by the waters. Mm -hmm. I shall not be moved. Well, that tree mm -hmm. that you've been singing about happens to be Torah. Right. The mitzvot. Right. The commandments. And you know, you mentioned something in there that I actually want to, I was in a, in a, uh, class today. I was in a design build uh, Institute of America class today. And one of the things that the one of the presenters was presenting today was this issue of, of case law that deals with construction and design build. And I was just marveling at how well this individual understood the law. And when you med when you use the word meditate there, it drew me back to that that imagery that I had earlier today because when I think of meditate, how you're supposed to meditate on it. Let me give you an example where I'm going with this. There are individuals here that are off camera. They know who I'm talking about. They here, and you see the technical ability that's here. These individuals meditate. How do I get the best shot? What's the best F-stop? What's my ISO going to be? How am I going to set this shot up? You meditate on it all the time. When you get ready to go play your golf with Tiger Woods, you meditate. <laughs> <laughs> you do golf. But when you golf, you meditate on it, right? Yeah. When you study in scripture, you're meditating on it. <laughs> Whatever you do good, think about how you meditate you about think, it. You think about it. Right. If you're in a relationship with your wife or you're in a relationship with your husband and you're going through some things, you meditate on that particular issue. And we, because we don't do this, we're not taught to meditate on these items. Like, literally, how in the world do I implement and incorporate what the Most High has, has said in his scripture through his prophet Moshe? To integrate that into my life. How I, do I even think about that? You're not even taught to think about that when you're over across the street. You're not a thought, you're not even thinking about community because that's not what they're about. Right. We're about community and we're about what are these mitzvot? These mitzvot are adding value to our life. Right. And we don't spend any time thinking, thinking about, about them. them. Well, one, one of the things. <laughs> You can't think about you can't think about and meditate on something that you don't know. Right, right. You know, let's 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 take your example again. Okay. When I decided that I was going to learn how to play golf, mm -hmm. it was my train of thought, day and night. night. Yep. And then when I got <laughs> to the golf course, I was once again thinking about the technique. Yep. Thinking about the foundational things that I have to go through in order to hit this ball. Right. And it's something through the course of, of the of the game of playing golf that you that you do. You meditate, you're thinking about the process. Every hole you're still meditating and thinking about the process. Now, the most high says here that 
those that meditate upon his Torah are like trees planted by the streams. They bear fruit in their season. Their leaves never wither. Everything they do succeeds. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking about these things, you're, 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 you're succeeding. Mm. Our problem, and one of the reasons why we're doing this particular conversation is because our people do not know what to meditate upon because they do not know what the mitzvot's are. They do not know uh, what the uh, what what the rules and what the laws are and statutes are that the Most High has given us mm -hmm. to meditate upon. Now, here's the and that's, and and that's our job, right? Right. That's what we're doing. That's what we're and you know I'm going to tell you something. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're not going to hear this conversation <laughs> right. nowhere. Right. The messianics are not going to teach you this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know of any synagogue, and I've been to a few synagogues here in our city, and they don't teach the mitzvotes. Right, right. And see, here's the other part. Which which happens to be Torah. Right. Here's the other part that you said. I almost cut you off when you're in there, cause, but you got on, you was on a roll. You was hitting it. When you had said, when you're out there playing, now, you meditated on it and you're out there playing, what are you doing? That's experiential knowledge. Yeah. About what you're doing. Right. So now it becomes a more part, of a muscle memory for you it because becomes you, a part of your a part of your muscle your brain your brain thought. Right. So the same with these mitzvot. We meditate on these mitzvot and we come together and we congregate and we do the best that we can, even though we are in exile. We do what we can, so we have an experiential knowledge. So when we actually do get to that dispensation of time, we already have the muscle memory to do it because yeah. it's already there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's talk about this for a minute. And the helium is the word for Psalms mm. 19 and 8 through 14. It says that the Torah of Yahweh is perfect, restoring the inner person. So now I'm gonna I I, I hate I hate to keep I hate to keep hammering on this. Mm -hmm. But I have to because it's so ingrained in the minds of our people when they tell you that the Torah is antiquated, old, been done away with. So you're doing away with something that the Most High said is perfect that restores the inner person. Why would you do that? I got an answer for that. But <laughs> The instructions <laughs> of Yahweh is yeah. sure. Yeah. It's perfect. sure. Making wise the thoughtless. The precepts of Yahweh are right. Rejoicing the heart. It makes it makes the heart happy. And you and you wanna and you wanna do away with it? You you, you wanna you wanna do away with what makes you happy? I mean that's like having the perfect wife and having the perfect husband. And you say, oh, I don't want this anymore. You're old and antiquated. I'm going to go get a new version. 
I'm going to get a younger one. <laughs> when oh, boy. When, when what you're dealing with is happy. And then he tells you that the, the mitzvot, the, which we're talking about, this Torah of Yahweh, is pure. Mm -hmm. Enlightening the eyes. It causes your eye gate. It causes the sensory perception of your mind to be opened up so that you're able to see. And you're talking about you want to get rid of this. See, it's it's funny because you're getting away with something that you have no knowledge about in the first place. That's why I think it's probably easy for people to acquiesce to that because you have you don't have a basis. You don't have a, a, a benchmark to to go off of. And that's that's the beauty of what's happening across the street, because you're indoctrinating a group of people who have no clue about what this is about. So it's easy to say, okay, well, it's been done away with because I have no relationship with it at all. Listen, 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 listen. If you're watching this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast, I am dedicated to do what my predecessor did. My, and I call them, as a matter of fact, I call them my ancestors. Mashe is one of my ancestors. And he said in Davarim chapter 4 that teaching the rulings, the misvotes, yeah. the commandments, mm -hmm. and the precepts is what the Most High ordered him to teach Hebrew Israel. That was his assignment. Right. I am committed to you. Mm -hmm to teach you and bring to the fore an understanding of what Mashe gave to Hebrew Israel so that we in exile will have something to also refer to that our ancestors were also uh, provided with. Because the reason why you can't meditate upon them is because you don't know what they are. That's right. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to meditate upon golf if I never take up the, 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 the task of golf. Uh, I'm not going to meditate upon whatever it is that you, that you set your heart to do mm -hmm. if you don't figure out or you don't have the mindset to want to know. Right. Example, case in point. Do you have an eight track in your house? You no. know what an eight track? You, yeah, you had an eight track. Yeah, I have not, one. Okay. Yeah, I don't have one no more. That's why, because it's been done away with. <laughs> no, it ha well, 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 no. Well, yeah, it has. It's yeah, been, it's been replaced by. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> come on. Come See, but on. that's the you, mentality. You, you set it's, me up. <laughs> but that's the me that's the mentality that that people have. You know, not to say that you know. It is a medium that has been, and I'm not trying to give any credence to the idea that something across the street is upgraded and it's better than 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 what we had. It's not because it's not. But all I'm trying to draw the attention to is to say that you know there's this mentality that young people today don't know what an eight track is. They don't know what maybe even VHS is. We have an understanding with it. They, it's something that they can say, oh, that's been done away with because I don't have an association with it. I only have an association with what's available now, which is everything that is digital. 
But we can appreciate records. We can appreciate the fact that when you put on a good piece of a 12-inch vinyl, it sounds a certain kind of way. Because we have an association with it. We can, we can say, okay, the ways of, of old. That's why I'm saying our ancestors can appreciate it because they were given it and they were taught it the whole entire time. But this generation in this day and age don't care because they don't have an association. Which gets back to what you were saying earlier, what your, what, what your point was, is we're not teaching these, we're not zakar, which is that's what the Hebrew word is for to remember. We don't remember the, the exploits of our ancestors, the things that they went to, the mentality that they had, and the mitzvot that they were taught in the wilderness. And so therefore we have a disassociation with them. That's just my two cents. Boop, boop. Well, on, on that, but but see, getting back to the issue of something done away with, mm -hmm. the interesting factor is that the Most High says to us that when you're in exile and into the nations, it is from that place you will seek me and you will return to me. Getting back to your point that you just made, it's interesting that a lot of jazz artists and recording Kai, artists yeah. are recording their material on on vinyl again absolutely because vinyl so they're so they're <laughs> returning back right to something that was designated as old and replaced by something new right because they realize that the vinyl mm -hmm. is still in play and it still has value right. and it still has a good sound when you put it on a good system and you listen to it yep. it sounds a heck of a whole lot better right than the new versions matter of fact I'm a you getting in my wheelhouse right now with that because I know you've never listened to jazz before in your life <laughs> you, you don't have an association with it so I'm just <laughs> but you've been to my you've he, been to my little abode he lying to you <laughs> you've that's, been to my that's all I listen to <laughs> is jazz in, in my in my space where I produce music there's a lot of equipment that's there all of that equipment is based on Pieces of gear that were designed by Mr. Putnam, who was a part of um, Universal Audio, those are all vintage pieces of gear. And the reason why we run through, through vintage pieces of gear because they have transistors and transformers in there that make the music sound what you think of as warm and not so brittle and thin. So... A person nowadays would think, oh, okay, all of that old music gear and all that stuff has been done away with. But I'm going to tell you something. Your favorite artists that spend millions of dollars in multi-million dollar studios run all their stuff through stuff that was put out in the 70s, in the 60s, in the 50s, pieces of equipment. So you think that that stuff has been done away with. You can't listen to a record nowadays and not hear vintage pieces of gear. On it, I, we getting way off because we can really get into, get into some. I know you musician, well, both of us are, but <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I mean, our, but that's a valid point. The valid point is looking at the Most High, yeah. the Most High's words that He's given us in Torah, listening to a Eurocentric ideology mm -hmm. telling you that what the Most High has said and done has been done away and it's antiquated. When we're reading scripture that is valid today, the Most High's Torah, his teachings are perfect. They restore the inner person. 
They make a wise. They make the wise. Uh, 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 they they make they make making wise the, the thoughtless, and it causes us to rejoice in our heart. It enlightens our eyes. It provides us with the idea of the reverence of the Most High for the fear of Yahweh. Right. Huh? It's right. clean. Endure. Oh, it endures forever. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then he says, the rulings of Yahweh are true. Right. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Does truth matter? Absolutely. It absolutely does matter. I had another one right while you said that. Let me give you an example. Okay? Give me an example. You're wise, right? You're almost an octogenarian, right? <laughs> you know what octogenarian yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, look it up. <laughs> it's octogenarians. So you have acquired wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You've been here to acquire all that. You have a bunch of experiential knowledge. I am not where you are in the frame of wisdom because I haven't, lived and I don't have the experiences. You have a wealth of knowledge you can give me, right? Right? Okay, absolutely. Okay. But because you're older than me, you've been <laughs> done away with. So why did you pause there? Why did you pause with older? Because I, I didn't with want older. Older. You, that you, come out you, like that. Oh, you. Uh, you, I didn't. You, <laughs> you, 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 you paused, see, but you you see, paused as if to say, I'm old. But see, I didn't want to be disrespectful. And that's the thing that I'm trying to get out with that example. Is that because. See, you made me pause again. <laughs> it's the fact that. You see how disrespectful that would be for me to say because, and I set that up that way, to say because you have a wealth of knowledge and you're wise, just because you're long <laughs> isn't a way of saying this no, without being no, disrespectful. No, you, you, know, you, you, you can say older and keep on well, okay. talking and not in pause <laughs> when you get to because you're old. <laughs> but... It, do, oh, and I apologize if that came out the wrong. That came out. I'm just saying that it, it's it's disrespectful to discount the wisdom and knowledge that you have, and to simply say it's been you're done away with. We just want something new. What you have to say doesn't matter. See, what you have to say will provide me with wisdom that I need. What Moshe is saying is that over here, Torah has wisdom. Why would you want to throw away something that has a wealth of knowledge in it? But again, I retort, you're not taught that. You're not taught the respect and the fear of the Most High. So therefore, it doesn't mean you anything. Know, and he goes on to say, it's more desirable than gold, than much fine gold. <laughs> and gold right now, you, you go and ask, you go ask somebody, so what's the price of gold right now? It might be a little low, but... People are still looking for gold. Did that shoot a hole in that prosperity gospel? I'm teaching you over here how to get money and how to put it in your pocket, but I'm not teaching you what's more price-worthy than, than gold. Than gold. Hmm. Sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. Through them, through them, them, them is through Torah. Torah right. Through Torah, your servant is warned in obeying them there is great reward. So the question is, mm -hmm. so do you want reward? Do you want, I mean, 
we're talking about something here that's that's true, something that's perfect, something that gives you joy, something that enlightens your eyes. We're talking about the principal ideas that the Most High has given to his people that somebody wants to take away from you. Right. So, so, so now that the Most High has given you value and somebody wants to replace your value with something that's not valued. Yeah, I, I would... I would have so much more respect now that we've we've transitioned and we've come into an understanding, uh, not to say that we have arrived, but a better understanding of the Most High's uh, uh, text and scripture and lifestyle for us. I would have more respect for the folks across the street if they would give you both narratives and let you decide between the two. Exactly. But they don't do... See, it's so one-sided. You have a book that says... These are the Hebrew scriptures. These are the Greek scriptures. I'm going to teach you in totality about what's going on in the Hebrew scriptures. And then I'm going to teach you in totality what's going on in the Greek scriptures. And then you choose you between, choose. between the two. But you're not even given that opportunity because what happens over here is this egregious act that says, again, we keep coming back to it. It's just ignore this. Yeah. Just ignore it. Yeah. Which is horrible. Right. Now, in Proverbs 6 and 23, it says that the mitzvah is a lamp. The mm. Torah is light and reproofs that discipline are the way of life. Okay, so now, if you don't have the mitzvah, or the Torah, then it's obvious from this text that the opposite of light is, is darkness. darkness. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when it comes to the idea of the Most High mm -hmm. and what he's expecting of you, would you rather walk in his light? Walk in the light, beautiful light. Shine all around us by, by day, day and by night. By night. And they say the other guy, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, really. But Yahweh the is Lord. the light of the world. Mm -hmm. So now he's telling you that his mitzvahs, which are his, which is synonymous with his Torah. Torah is the compilation of mitzvahs, commandments, statutes, laws, and precepts. Yep. That's the compilation of that. So if we took Torah and we we, we just took we take all that and throw it in Torah, that was, that's what Torah. Is. So mm -hmm. now he's saying it's a lamp, it's light, and it's reproof, and it's disciplines our way of life. Mm -hmm. So you so you would rather walk in darkness <laughs> than walk in light. When the Most High says he's light, his word is light. Right. It's a lamp. Right. Another great point. Then he comes back and he says, those who abandon Torah, uh-oh. Remember, I opened up with that idea yes, about did. wicked. That's now, right. the Most I didn't, we're just reading. Just reading. Reading. It's in, it's in, it's in, it's in. It's in. <laughs> That's not all, <laughs> y'all. I'm just saying. Right. It's in your book that you carry every Sunday to the place where you go to worship. Turn to Proverbs, read verse 28 and 4. It says, those who abandon Torah praise the wicked. 
and those who keep the Torah fight the wicked. I don't know how emphatic you can get. And see, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm I'm at war. I'm at I'm at war with I'm at war with y'all. Y'all don't want Torah. I'm at war with you. We fighting. I'm trying to impress upon you the necessity of something that is so valuable to you. It's light. Right. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's pure. Makes you happy. Makes you wise. Why wouldn't you want that? It's more It's more valuable than gold. Why wouldn't you want something that's more valuable than gold? I Come on, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Sparked a curiosity. You see the one look. I, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. <laughs> Such a beautiful thing. The most high. Oh. Okay, we did that one. Those hey, who abandon Torah praise the wicked, but those who keep the Torah fight them. Now he says, the per uh-oh. 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 Oh, no. This is getting better and better, huh? No. No? No. Okay. All right. No. Do I have to put my no. seatbelt on for this? No. No. <laughs> the proverb says, if a person will not listen to Torah, even his prayer is an abomination. Oh, no. No. My prayer ain't no, ain't no abomination. I pray all the time, and the Most High hears me. My prayer ain't no abomination. Then, then, then please, duly noted, go in that book and rip that piece out, because literally, come on. Now, here's the deal. <sighs> Your prayer, he simply doesn't like. That's what, it's not as stern, it's not as stern as you all want to make it, but it's still the idea that he says, a person who will not listen to Torah, Mm -hmm. even his prayer is something that I don't like. What you going to do with that? I I pray. I don't follow Torah. You mean to tell me he hates what I pray? What I I'm just saying, he may listen. Listen. Let's 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 let's, let's see. This is a let's, come let's, on. Walk through the door. Let's, let's walk that through. Mm-hmm. I may not like what you're doing, right? But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to do something for you. I just don't like what you're doing. Right, I don't like your behavior. I don't like. I your like beha- you, but yeah. I don't like your behavior. Yeah, I don't like your behavior, which means that I'm not. I'm not going to just turn my back on you. Mm-hmm. I just don't like. I don't like the fact that you're not following what I'm asking you to follow. I'm not. I'm not going to. You, you understand what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So right. when he says that, when he says that, he's saying that if you were following and listening to Torah, he'd be more delighted in you and be more be more pleased with you. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like it's like your daddy. It's like it's like living in like living at home. Your father says, you know what, son, I don't happen to like the way you're doing. 
I don't I don't like that you're not mm-hmm. going to class every day. I don't like that you're hanging out all night long in places like that. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. But while I don't like that, I'm not not providing you with shelter, food, and comfort. I'm saying to you that your behavior I don't like. That's what the Most High is saying here. And 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 in the text, you know, like you said, it's your prayer is something that, like you said, that the Most High doesn't like. And 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 I had made mention to uh, Kohanin Heartless. I said, you know, when I listen to you pray, it's it's it's. It's totally different from what we've heard before in the past because we're meditating on these mitzvot and because of that, our prayers completely changed. We're praying in a sense of most high. We're, we want to see the return of your people. We want to see the aspect of what you want. So it's, it's something that you will be able to hear and accept and be something that is amenable to you. Yeah. See, and, and, and I, I want to give you, see, I'm trying to give you, I'm trying to give you scriptorial context so you don't have to ask, well, where are they getting that from? It's right there in the book that you carry every Sunday mm-hmm. to wherever you go, or if you're not going anywhere and you're at home studying, it's in the book that you open. It's called Our Hebrew Scriptures. For us, it's called the Torah which is the compilation of the rulings, mitzvot, commandments, statutes of the Most High, the writings, the prophets, and uh, and so forth and so on, uh, which is the compilation which is called the Tanakh. So inside that book, which is which you refer to as the Old Testament, which we don't refer to as an Old Testament, but we refer to as a Brit, it's a covenant that the Most High has made yeah, yeah. with his people. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you a question. If the Most High makes a covenant... Have you ever, 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 ever read where he reneged on his covenant? No, and I'm going to give you a good example because it's doing it outside right now. There was a time when the Most High flooded the earth. And after he got done flooding the earth, he put something in the sky to designate a covenant to say, I'm not going to flood the earth anymore, destroy it anymore by way of H2O. And every time that you look out and you see that, that is the sign between the Most High, His Word manifesting itself every time to tell you that it won't be destroyed by water. He's never broken that covenant, and it hasn't happened since. So the moment that the earth gets destroyed by water again, then you can pull that in play, and it'll never happen. Okay, now, the next one says... Mm -hmm. Without a prophetic vision, people throw off all restraint, but he who keeps Torah is happy. Happy are the people. Now, I'm going to ask y'all, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask y'all <laughs> something. Ask y'all something. Are, you happy? are you happy? No. If you were happy, <laughs> If you were happy, Stacey Abrams would not have to be fighting so hard to run for governor of what is it, Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta. To go and be in a position mm-hmm. 
to fight for the rights of our people. Other legislators would not have to be groping so hard to get to the forefront mm -hmm. to bring some sense of rightness for our people. If you were happy. If you were happy. But you're not. And it's evident that we are not in this exile a happy people. We could be. We could be. Mm -hmm. Which once again gets back to the point and idea that if the nation of Hebrew Israel in exile would turn back to the Most High, start looking at what we're talking about here and gravitating to that in their hearts and begin to cry out to the Most High, oh boy, we could be happy. That's right. Oh, we could be happy. Ooh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. You're full of these songs tonight. <laughs> Yahweh is a friend of mine. I'm so happy. I'm and the key so of B flat, y'all. Let's be flat. Because if if he is on my side mm -hmm. and I'm in harmony with him, then my job becomes less of a strain because if he's on my side, then he's fighting for me. Right. He'll go by, he'll go ahead of me, he'll go ahead of us, and he will fight for us. He will destroy our enemies. And by golly, we got enemies in this exile. Right. And that's that's just true now. You would never send your and when in the in the history of the children of Israel did they send the women out in front of them to do the fight? That never happened. Never happened. If the most high is uh the men went out and fought, the most high is our husband. He's going to go out and fight and protect you. You don't have to do anything except what we just learned uh, this last week in Divarim, I believe, chapter number somewhere between 31 and 34. That yeah. The Most High will go out. and he's Matter of fact, it's in chapter number 31. I'm going to go out. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to depose all those individuals that are in the land of Canaanah. Right. And get them out. He said, I will go ahead of you. I will go ahead of you. I'll do all the fighting. And all you got to do is do what my servant Moshe tells you to do on how to dispose of the meaning, cleaning up Clean, yeah. what yeah. has been left. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we got, you talked about it. We got oh. seven months. We're oh, going to have man. seven, how was it, it seven is, months of just cleaning up? Seven months. <laughs> you know, we get back to the land and he destroys the nations that come in to mess with Israel after we're back in the land. He says, I'm going to take them out. It's going to take you seven months to clean up the mess. That's how many, yeah. Here's the prophet Ezra. Yeah. And this is this is where this is where you, John, this is where you and I are. Okay. It said that Ezra uh, set his heart on studying and practicing the Torah of Yahweh and teaching Israel the laws and rulings. Now, that's what the prophet did. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, that, that's what a prophet does. Yeah. So now you asked me, they asked me a question earlier, was JC a, a prophet. prophet? This is what a prophet does. Yeah. Did you see him doing that? Did you see him do that? No. Did you hear him do that? No. As a matter of fact, <laughs> matter of fact, uh, why is it that the majority of most Christians don't have a clue about the Moedims because he did not teach them about the Moedims. That's right. And the Most High said in the book of Leviticus mm -hmm. to Sakar, remember. Right. 
and he listed all the Mordeans we're supposed to remember. Right. And the guy across the street did not, when we, you know. <laughs> You're about to throw that remote. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to come over When here. we talk about, when we talk about the feast, the festivals of the Most High, oh, yeah. when we talk about Passover, you think that's Easter. No, that's not Easter. Right. Uh, you know, you know, you know what Shavuot is because that's the day of Pentecost. Pentecost, you have Pentecost yeah. Service. But you don't know what the Feast of, of Trumpets is. You don't know what the Day of Atonement is. You don't Yom know Kippur. what the day of, uh, what's, what's Sukkot. the, what's the Sukkot. Sukkot is. Yep. Feast uh, of you don't know what, for the, what First Fruits is. You don't know what the Feast of Matzah is because the guy across the street did not do what the the prophet Ezra that he did not teach you that. Yeah. Never taught it. And I heard, I heard, I heard a Christian pastor <laughs> last week at a funeral tell me that, you know, uh, so-and-so came and taught me. I didn't know anything about these, these, these mitzvot, these, no, these, these festivals. Uh, how, well, I, I'm not going to say how could you not know it because we was in it for a very, very long time. It's just, it's not taught. It's not taught in its proper context. So, so you, so if you don't know it, you can't meditate upon it. You can't, you know. The empty silence. Every year, we go through a sport and sports there are events. Ah. Every year we know that at the beginning of the season, this is football season, mm -hmm. we're playing for an event that happens in February or January. It's called the Super Bowl. That's correct. That's over, yeah. American football. And uh -huh. very few of us Hebrew men uh, are very knowledgeable of that. Yes. As a matter of fact, the report says that <laughs> we Hebrew men are the are the are the greatest are the largest audience that supports really? ESPN. Really? If you took ESPN off for us, we'd be lost. The Santa thought give you that statistic. <laughs> <laughs> we know we know that when basketball season comes around, that at a certain time of the year, there is going to be a playoff and there's yeah. going to be a championship played. Correct. Uh, in golf, we know every year that they're going to Georgia to play in the, um, now I can't even think of what it is. It's a uh, um, road, well, no. I, I, you know I'm the last person yeah, to ask about and I, and I should sports. Know, but right now it's not coming to my mind. But we, we know, we look forward to, we know this. But when it comes to the Father's Days that are special. Oh, yeah. That are written in his book, not the Greek book, in his book. Right. We don't have a clue about that. And the guy across the street that you worship, that you bow down to, that you said is going to save you, and he's not, by the way. Mm -hmm. He doesn't teach you not one thing about the things that are on the heart of the Most High. And he called him a prophet. This right here is a prophet. That's what a prophet does. This is what a prophet does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is what a prophet does. Yeah, so when you evaluate that criteria, it, it what, that's what, what that's what a prophet what does. It, that O.J. Simpson, what is it? If it doesn't fit, you, you must acquit. Well, 
I wanted to share that with you tonight. I wanted to share those those thoughts with you uh, mm. for this particular podcast because I want you to know how substantive important the Torah of the Most High is, how important the mitzvahs, the mitzvahs are, and what they do to you as a person. I wished I could talk to our people that are in high places to help them to understand the narrative of how to get back. <coughs> Excuse me. Barukata. In a position so that their endeavors that they're that they're trying to do could be successful and be less of a fight. The Most High destroyed the enemies of our ancestors. When our ancestors were in harmony with him, he destroyed them mm. for the sake of his people Absolutely. and the nations that were traveling with Israel. Mm -hmm. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. What he's done in the past, he will repeat and he can do mm -hmm. again. But Israel has to turn back to the Torah, the mitzvot, the commandments, the precepts, the statutes, know what they are, and begin to meditate upon those day and night. I'm dedicated to bring this to you. I'm dedicated to teach you these. And I hope that those of you that are listening will understand the importance, significant importance, and invite your friends that are struggling with the fact that there's more than what you're getting on Sunday worship, more than what you're getting in Wednesday night Bible study. The Most High's word is important and you're being deprived of the most important aspect that is germane to your spiritual life and not only your spiritual life, but also your natural life. We are the greatest people on the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. It may not seem like it right now, but we are the greatest people on the face of the earth. And we embrace people of the nations to join with us. But the text says, come with us, for we will do you good for good has been promised unto us. Yeah. Well, that's it for the for this podcast, Sean. And, I, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I got to close too. Can I close too? Yes, you can close. Okay. It's it's been something that's been weighing on me for a while. <laughs> that just you know to continue to make the plea for our. Hebrew brothers and sisters and all of those that want to join with the the with the creed of the most high. 
is while you are where you are, understand that you got to get to a place where you have to ask questions and you shouldn't be afraid to go to your spiritual leader, so-called spiritual leader, and ask for clarification on something. When you go to an institution of higher learning, the professor has office hours where it's in forum for you to come in and ask questions so you're able to get a better understanding of something. If you're in a place where you're in fear of asking a question because you are going to be condemned, you are owed a reasonable answer for the things that have been brought up in text. And if you're bringing up hypocrisies and things that are not lining up, don't get to the point where you're so timid about asking a question. That is what is going to, getting a clarification on something is going to bring, we talk, you talked about it. You're going to step into the light of what the Most High has. You continue to keep yourself in an own trap because of the fact that you don't feel as though it is your place to question the woman or the man of God. It should never get to that point. It's always the Most High has a form where we have leaders, we have people that are head of the tribes, we have the Kohanim, we have a system that's in place to give people education and, yes. and an answer. Yes, yes, yes. So if you're seeking answers, don't get to the point where you're so, you have so much trepidation where you don't or you can't move. Rabbi has written a book that is stellar. In the Defense of the Messiah, it's on Amazon, on Kindle Direct. You can go buy it there. We have this podcast. We encourage you to go. This is on YouTube already. We encourage you to go to the Podbean and look up Hebrews in Exile and get an understanding. You should never just get to a place where you're just kind of like, if I say something, I'm going to get sat down for the next four years and or, then I'm going to be shunned. Or, or, or get ostracized and, yeah. and excommunicated from the, from the, from the community. No. Because you're seeking truth. Right. In scripture, it never shows a Hebrew ever getting to the point where they're asking questions and they get shunned for it. The Most High wants you to ask questions and get an understanding. You know, Sean, does the doctor kick you out of his office because you ask him a question for clarity concerning the matters of your health. Does, this, does he does she kick you out and excommunicate you because, well, I told you what it was. You don't have a right to question what I just does he does he do that? No. And matter of fact, this is what happens. If you have doubt about what that doctor says, you will take yourself to some other doctor and get a second opinion. A second opinion. But you're trapped where you are because you don't feel as though you can. Yeah. And you can. And this is one of the things that came good, maybe, basically, maybe out of this pandemic that we're in, is the fact that people are removed and they're able to remove that veil and go out and search for different things. And hopefully that brought you to this podcast and this video vlog that we have so you can get maybe a better understanding so you can walk in the light that walk the most high. Walk in the light and walk in well, we're in we're in Sacramento, California. Um, you can find us on our web firsttab.org. 
and you can find out where we are. And if you'd like to come down and be a part of our podcast, we welcome you to do that. But this has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews in Exile. Shalom. Shalom.